What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Sponsor Day Podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 146 of the podcast, and in this episode, I have a very special treat for you. I sit down and chop it up with the one and only Steven Rodriguez, aka Chef Papi. He is the creator of the famous Dominican pizza, which has been featured in many events all over the country and around the world. He's also known for tons of other amazing dishes like his longanisa mac and cheese and a Philly cheesesteak whose cheese pull caught the eye of the popular Instagram page Devour Power, which ultimately landed him at a Food Network event. Listen in so you can hear all about that journey and about his upbringing, his influences, his experiences, and learn about the work ethic that has gotten him to this point and the life lessons he has learned along the way. This was a really fun and insightful episode for me to record, and I am eager to share it with you folks. So I'm going to keep this intro as short as possible, but I'd be remiss if I didn't highlight and mention a few things, a few takeaways from the episode. So aside from all the stuff that I mentioned, There's also a lot of stories related to work ethic and dedication and putting in the work to chase down your dreams, which is something that those of you that are listeners of the podcast know that I'm big on. So that's something that definitely resonated with me. We wind up speaking about parenting and our mutual experiences with that. Although Chef Poppy is married with three kids, my wife and I have one son and have our hands full with him. So... I can't even wrap my head around the concept of having three kids. (laughs) So uh, kudos to him. And I also know that in having kids, that's like an extra gear of motivation that you have as a parent. And going after your dreams is that much more important when you have children, especially doing it responsibly, because you want to one day be in a position to allow your kids to be in a position to chase down their dreams, just like our parents put us in a better position that they were in to allow us to do what it is that we want to do. To me, generation after generation doing less and less of the grueling, I hate my job type of work and more of, I can't believe I get to do what I love type of work should be the goal. But again, realistically and responsibly. So it's not to say that it's cool to be a 35 year old with no job that's five foot nothing and has aspirations of being in the NBA. There's a very big difference between that and responsibly providing for your family while you also put in the extra work that it takes to go after your dreams. Another important takeaway for me that we speak about is some of Chef Papi's successes as well as his failures, which I think is key and very important to hear because you don't have the successes without the failures. It's good and important to have the balls to shoot your shot, but also be ready to not score every single time. We touch on the type of mentality that some folks have, which is that of wanting instant gratification and believing in overnight successes and thinking that people that you see that are successful around you, you just see the success part, but not all the years of hard work and failures that come before that success. There's also towards the very end of the episode, an amazing story that Chef Papi shares with us. It's a story that I think is so good, so 
inspirational, so touching, so motivating that I want to tell you guys about it right now and spoil it, but I won't. (laughs) So stick to the end so you guys can hear that. And then I'll reflect on it a bit in the outro. And lastly, before we get into the interview, not really interview, it's a conversation, it's a free-flowing conversation. So I don't really like to label them as interviews. But before we get into it, you guys know what I mean. I have another treat for you, which is that this episode has video footage. You can find footage of the video on the Spun Today YouTube channel, which I will link to in the episode notes. And I hope you guys enjoy. Now, there's good news and bad news about the video footage. The good news is that it exists and you guys can check it out. And I will ultimately chop it down from the full interview to smaller, more digestible clips that I'll share also on the YouTube channel and on the Spun Today Instagram page. So it's definitely a plus. But the bad news with the video is that I recorded it with my DSLR camera. And when recording video with the DSLR camera, it records in half hour intervals, which means that every half hour you're supposed to pause and reset the camera and start recording again for another half hour. But instead of stopping at the half hour mark, since I was so into the conversation, which I guess is ultimately a good thing, I didn't pause until about the 45 minute mark, 40, 45 minute mark. So although you will be able to hear the entire interview, there's about a 15 minute chunk in the middle that does not have the video footage. So that's definitely my bad. But as a way to make amends with you, the folks that will be checking out the video, Instead of giving you a blank screen within that uh, 15 minute window, I dropped in some pictures of us during the interview, as well as a bunch of photos of some of Chef Poppy's signature dishes, like the Dominican pizza and Dominican sushi, mofongo de camarone, and a bunch of other good stuff. So it's not a bad trade off, right? And last but not least, I want to give a very special shout out and thank you to Aura, which hosted this episode of the Spun Today podcast. Steven and Elaine, I appreciate you guys very much for that. Elo, thanks for opening up and sticking around and allowing us to record. And without further ado, folks, here is a very quick way that you can help support the show if you so choose, and then we'll be jumping right into the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday? when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch. Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures. You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found, 
to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you will get the very next one. All right, folks, we have a treat today on the Spun Today podcast, Chef Steven Rodriguez, a.k.a. Chef Papi, a.k.a. the creator, designer <laughs> of the delicious, famous Dominican pizza, which I want to get into, by the way, the origins of uh, a little bit later. But uh, first off, just want to say thank you. Appreciate you doing this. I'm happy to be here, man. I can talk, so I'm a <laughs> nice. I'm in my waters. Awesome. <laughs> so, like I was telling you before, I wanted to have you on um, primarily because, like, I follow you on Instagram. I've had your food a bunch of times. Like, oh, well, delicious. Home run every time. Thank you. Um, and something that I could tell from, at least from the outside looking in, uh, I can see, like, the passion that you put into, like, what you do. And, like, there's, like, creativity to it also. Like, I like mac and cheese and... I know there's a specific video, the uh, like longanisa mac, mac and cheese. Yeah. Every time I see that video, bro, I'm like, oh, I go on you. Like my mouth waters. Like it, it's awesome. And like I appreciate that type of passion. Like whenever somebody puts passion into anything that it is that they're into, like it like draws me to that. And that's why I wanted to have you on, hear a little bit about your story, how you got started, what got you into cooking, like your influences, like the whole nine. Wow. <laughs> So, I I kind of so I'm obviously I'm Dominican and I come from a very Dominican family that was very, um, very reserved. Like they would go to church every Sunday. They were like we we were like on lockdown growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like these like my parents are the type of people like they would watch the six o'clock news, the eleven o'clock news. Hey, mira lo que pasó. My parents was like you know the world was like it was like dangerous, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um You were born here or in DR? I was actually born here. I was born cool. in Queens. Um but I'm like very Dominican. Like, you know, I would go to DR like every year as a kid, yeah. like summer vacation, like I my mom is from Jarabacoa, so we would spend most of our time there. And where's your pops from? If you don't mind me asking, he's from he's from he's from un campo de San José de la Mata. Like okay. he's just like really, they're just really you know that that real. They're like not city people. I yeah, don't yeah. Know what I'm saying that's so, how my my mom's from Bonao, a campo from Bonao. My father's from uh, Campo de Moca. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So our people, you know, they they come from. A very special place, which is very beautiful. My, my, the best memories of my childhood is literally just spending time in Jarabacoa. And, you know, we would visit my grandmother, um, like, elsewhere. You know, we had family, like, basically everywhere. And, and I grew up in a place, like, I remember, like, we were going to have chicken for lunch and... I remember like see watching my grandfather like grab a chicken by by the neck and like yo let's, this is the one we're eating yo you know so yeah. like I grew up on that real criollo Dominican stuff flavor you know and all my uncles they all had like bodegas and stuff here like so I grew up in that in that ambiance you know my dad had a restaurant when I was like in high school 
And that was like really when it all started for me. Like that, I on my drive here actually, I drove right in front of that that yeah. place, which is so weird because the GPS never takes me here through there. And I drove right in front of that place, La Flor de Paraíso. It's on Myrtle and Cornelia. Nice. That used to belong to my dad like over 15 years ago. And and that's where I like learned. That's where I made my first mofongo. You know what I'm saying? That's where I learned wow. how to like make my first like anything. And um, I was just always, my, my parents have always been very people, like, very, you know, very hospitable people. Like, they, they love entertaining. They, um, like, I, we've always had, like, huge barbecues at my house growing up and stuff. So, like, just making people feel comfortable has always been, like, me. Um, regardless what I've done before, actually, like, just not giving a shit about what people think about me and actually just becoming a chef and you know living life on on my own time like it wasn't until like i let go of that um and just just really started doing this that i learned that i was like you know i'm just i'm just being myself i'm just you know me being a chef i'm just being me i'm just literally doing what i enjoy doing you know i love i love people i love people I love watching people eat and drink and feel good and, and enjoy what and you know and enjoy what they're what they're consuming and, and then talk about it. Wow, this shit's amazing. Uh, this shit makes me feel good. So it must be like like um like empowering, kind of also, right? Like it's just it, more like reassuring. Like you know, um, I you know, a lot of people, you know, they either do stuff or they don't do stuff according to like how confident they are. True. And you know, the only way for you to actually build like self-confidence is to actually be confident True. <laughs> you know and 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 letting go of whatever fear it is that you have to just execute something no matter how many times you you fuck it up like the best things that i do i've learned by like you by know, failing a lot but exactly so True. i mean it's the only way to it's the only way to actually become confident in something is to actually just go through the process you know people are afraid of the process they, they, you know this is everywhere you go you hear things people saying things like oh uh come to this seminar and you'll just be flipping houses in, like in overnight two weeks. yeah like and you'll become a millionaire like people are like oh yeah and they do that and they yeah. go and they spend their money and you know there are people out there who are doing amazing things and you know but there are a lot of scammers out there, Absolutely. you know, and, and there's people, probably more more scammers than, than of anything. course. And they, 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 the system is all like flooded with people who are just looking for a quick dollar, yeah. and they don't think about longevity, and they don't think about being happy, you know, doing what True. they do. So I'm just having fun, man. For me, for me, that that's a rule of thumb, which is if if something it comes along too easily, like it's usually not the right way to go. Exactly. Like, like the path. And it's not necessarily that you have to seek out, you know, the, the path that's hardest or, or anything like that. But I feel, for me personally, that I want to earn whatever I get. That I want to, like, go through a process. If I, I want to learn podcasting, I started over five years ago. Yeah, figured out all nooks and crannies. and been doing it consistently ever since. With writing, same thing. I put out a couple books and, like, I learned the craft. I, I like, read and I listen to other writers and, like, I, I want to, like, dig into it. And I don't, I don't want to be, like, that overnight success that is not going to know how to handle that success because you figure that out, I believe, like, through going through the stages and going through the process and the experience that you get from doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. And sometimes in the process, you might find an opportunity to take a shortcut and you actually go for it. 
And whatever outcome comes out of that, it's still a lesson, whether it worked out for you exactly. or it didn't. And like, oh, you know, that it came back and it stabbed me in the back or whatever. Like a lesson That's of what not part to do of the or process. what to do. Exactly. That's just you actually, you know, moving forward. You know, I just, I don't believe, I don't believe in quitting. You know, I have three kids and the one thing that I like, I'm huge on is just like, no, like when they're like going through one of their, you know, one of their like little tantrums that they can't figure something out. And then I'm like, you gotta stick to it. You gotta relax. Yeah. Look at it. No, I'm not just gonna do it. Look, you figure it out. You know. Um, there's a there's a lot that I, I didn't get, you know, because of the generational differences, you know. True. Uh between, you know, my parents where they grew up and and, and how they grew up and, and the way they raised me and, and, they, and like now the era was 2020 the era we live in and then me everything is handed myself and yeah. how different things are like you know when I was when I was in high school like it was like yo call me after 9 o'clock bro because uh, you know the, the minutes <laughs> the minutes are free, free nights and weekends exactly, hell yeah get out of here like <laughs> I ain't paying for no text message <laughs> you know so it's like it was either that or like MySpace. You yeah. Know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like very different now, you know. Like my kids, bro, they'll take my phone and then they'll, they'll FaceTime me. My two-year-old knows how to FaceTime me. Yeah, you know? like, that, that's so scary, right? Yeah, it's my crazy. mine. My my son is one and a half. Um, a, a little more than one and a half. He's nineteen months now, and he'll take the phone. Like he knows how to press the YouTube app when there's a commercial. He knows how to press skip, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yo. And they make these devices like so addictive. They're gangster, bro. That, yeah. It, and, you know sick. what's interesting about that? Do you know how? Like, this, I read into the, like the smallest things, like a one-year-old, a two-year-old, does not have fifteen seconds of of patience to watch a commercial before whatever they want to watch actually starts. Wow. That says a lot, right? That's about, nuts. like, the yeah. way we live our lives. You know what I'm saying? Everything like, is go, go, go. Like, I yeah, want it now. You know? Like, you want instant gratification with, it's, like, everything. That's what I'm saying. People are afraid of the process, man. Yeah. You, know, they, you know, there's no, like, patience. There's no, like, uh, you know, critical thinking anymore. There's no questioning uh, facts, you know? People no. just turn on the TV or they go on Facebook or whatever and they read the first thing that they see and, and, and they don't even finish reading it. By the time they're, like, going around like trying to tell that story to someone else and they're fucking up Mm -hmm. that story (laughs) you know and it's probably like a bullshit story to start with (laughs) and it's just like jesus christ people actually spend their time doing a lot of dumb shit you know like something that that's telling that what you said which i think speaks to our generation like in terms of like responsibility because we're like that bridge between our parents which were probably like OD the other way and strict and no salga de la casa okay, no mami and, no, no se preocupe uh-huh. eso está bien ya yo lo <laughs> but we're the bridge between <laughs> them and then the new generation that it's like the exact opposite that they want everything easy everything now and we're like the in between that we have to like try to like give them a little bit of our parents and but but also let them be a little bit of them you know what I mean and kind of like find like a happy medium I just think it's like a bunch of like just um just failed parenting that wasn't really necessarily their fault like you know what i'm saying like sometimes they don't know any better sometimes you want to like blame like your your upbringing or whatever but at the same time it's just like you know they, they they're doing what they knew best you know what i'm saying they're living by their instincts you know like Absolutely. they're trying to protect you or give you or set you up for whatever i mean there are a lot of shitty parents but there are a lot of good parents yeah. that failed at parenting because they just didn't know better, you know True. what I'm saying? And it's just like, 
You gotta it's, cut him a break too. Yeah, you know, yeah. you gotta like just really just analyze things. Like, okay, why am I like this? You know, like what, what you know, and just like go to the root of it. And and if you know if if there's someone you need to have that conversation with, like, you know, and have that conversation yeah. and get on with your life. You know True. what I'm saying? Like, cause you know time is running out. Look at Kobe Bryant, 41 years old, just when he's like beginning to like enjoy his life he worked his ass off his entire life and then he just retired like those well he just retired come on it hasn't been more than like how many years he retired my uh handful of years i think 20 16 17 yeah he just retired you know and it's like shit man that's that dude when when i when when i saw that video of his helicopter going down around Dude, when I actually saw it go up in flames, dude, like, I felt like someone kicked me in the chest, dude. Like, that was honestly, and 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 I've never, like, even been to a, a basketball game to actually see him play. Like, you know, I admired him for, you know, he was such a great His, person. His, like, work ethic, dedication, yeah, stuff well, like he that. was amazing, you know. But, um, like, when he was 17 years old, I saw this video, he was 17 years old, like, talking to some high school kids, and he was just, like, he's always been... That amazing of a you know of a person, and I saw that video, dude, and that shit, I I my stomach hurt. My stomach hurt, bro. I I the and episode I did last week actually was dedicated strictly to Kobe because he was like my favorite player. I saw him play once, um, when he was on his like final final season, and I saw him play at the Barclays, and um like i i followed uh his career afterwards he started like a company called if anybody wants to listen to episode 145 like i really got into like the details of it but he started a production company called granity studios that was the goal was to teach uh children work ethic and discipline through sports and he wanted to do that like mainly like for his daughters and he was the coach of his daughter's uh, basketball team which is where they were on their way to his daughter's uh game uh, uh that day on the helicopter and he put out like three books um best-selling books uh that were that were aimed um uh for children uh he started a podcast called the punies like also like uh, trying to like teach that and it, it was so sad steven actually was the one that called me he was like yo did you hear the news about kobe like when it happened and bro, bro i was fucking heartbroken that was the worst so sad but yeah it speaks to definitely do like you said do what you need to do while you're here yeah. and have the conversations you need to have and you don't want to look back on life and and just have it like full of regret right not at all man i mean it's just not worth it you no. just don't know when 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 your time is man True. like you just don't know so t- tell me more about uh you said your dad's restaurant that's when you first made the mofongo that, that was was yeah. that your first time cooking cuz that's a question that, that was I had. yeah that was really when i when i actually like like i actually fell in love with like food tell me was it just the experience of like how old were you when you used to go i i mean i was a freshman in high school so did you like work there after school yeah yeah. i every day every day um well not every day but on the weekends and like every tuesday uh i was like there like three or four days of the week like consistently and i was Literally, like, I was never the type of person, like, oh, uh, this is my dad's restaurant, so I'm like, the de, de cara de Dios, do you yeah, yeah, like, nah, bro. Like, like, I, around, I, like, like dude, if, I, if I had to <laughs> clean the bathroom, I would clean the bathroom. Yeah. I started, like, literally peeling platanos with, with, like, with two Mexican guys, 
Um, I remember their names, Raul and um, the other guy was Roberto. Well, we were calling Beto. Nice. Um, I still remember their names. I don't know where they are in the world. Um, Shout I still out to remember them, those guys. You know, I learned how to like like peel platanos and yuca and season meat and clean shrimp and 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 and, and just do just prep yeah, basically prep everything. Work in the kitchen. And so then, like eventually, um, so the way it worked was the kitchen was tiny. It was upstairs. And the prep area was downstairs in the basement. So whenever these guys needed anything, they would just yell, like, oh, necesitamos platano, uh -huh. necesitamos whatever, camarones. Like, we had to, like, one of us would, like, go take it. And I started being the guy, like, whenever they were asked for it, I got it, I got it. And I would always take the stuff upstairs to the kitchen because I just want, I, I like, I love the scene in there. Like, whenever I would bring them something that they were missing, and it was, like, during rush hour, And they're, like, yelling at each other and cursing at each other. And you know, flames going up in the air. And they're just plating stuff and ringing the bell. And, like, get the like, shit out of like here. Like, organized chaos, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. like, uh, it was, I don't know what it was about that. I just loved it. Nice. So then, then every time I would make one of those runs, I would, like, help out the dishwasher a little bit. You know, like do what you can to try yeah. to stick around. The dishwasher was uh, the place was so small that the dishwasher had like his own like little uh, uh, stove, and the place used to sell so much rice and beans, bro, that they literally had like a huge pot of white rice and a huge pot of like yellow rice and a huge pot of moro and a huge pot of just beans going the whole day. Damn. So like they would like bring one down and you know bring it out to the front and, and they would have to put another one to get through the day. Like that's how it was. That's it was insane. so busy. It was one of the busiest restaurants ever. And and so I was there, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I learned how to like you know make all that stuff. You know and and he also was like he had the little I don't know what you call that the. We call it salamancra, but it's like the, this little, like this little grill. You know where the Chinese people put the barbecue ribs uh -huh. and just fl just a flame on top. Yeah. So he had to also like a, like a broiler. That the space was so small. Like he was just literally like they would just give him the the hot plates with the with the fish or the steak or whatever that was going in there, and he would pop it in there and just watch it and give it to them at the temperature they needed. And like so he was washing dishes, making all the rice and beans, and doing that. So like, like multitasking, you know, like a yeah. So I was like you know helping him out, and then eventually I moved like a little to the left and there was the grill and I like learned how to just grill all types of steaks and stuff and then I moved a little like to the left and I was like working on the line like actually like sauteing shit and you know it's just I just loved it man That's awesome. and I was like young I was really young and so I you know it was always just always something I really enjoyed That's awesome and tell me the so you mentioned the bafongo before is that like one of your like go-to things or favorite things to make or is it just like you remember like that being specifically like something that you just did like from scratch no, for i'm just like that? remember specifically that i was like literally like if you want to go to the root like that was where like i learned how to like peel a platano that's how i learned how to make tostones how to like like what what is a mofongo like how you know how well what ingredients is, does it go with like how do you smash it why you know like just the why of like all these things like wow this is cool i didn't know that you had to go through this much trouble to prepare a meal you know sure. yeah, yeah that there was like um, so much detail underlying yeah and there was like so many people behind it like you know you just you sit down at a restaurant and you order something and you have no idea like like someone had to go pick this up somewhere deliver it to you 
you know, someone had to receive it. Someone had to store it properly. Someone had to clean it. Uh, they had to season it. They had to give it a little love. They had to put put it away. You know, like when you order, you know, they have to do it right. The, the yeah. sauce has to be right. Like all the prep that goes everything. into everything. There's so much to like, you know, a, a, a chicken wing <laughs> coming yeah. to your to, to your table as an appetizer. That that you know, it's just it's amazing. And it, and it's and stuff like that is like lost sometimes now because we're like we were speaking about before just the the culture of of uh getting everything like immediately you know what i mean and we we don't like think about all those steps like beforehand that it takes to for something uh, for a dish to be like in front of you like that yeah no it's a, it's it's a lot to it you know and i just i so i mean i mean it doesn't really end there where'd you go from there like what like what were your next steps from there like in terms of like your trajectory to like being a chef um so then after high school i was actually so like i said i grew up in a family where it was like very reserved and stuff so i tried to do everything that i possibly could just to get out of the house and do shit you know so i was actually like really into music and i was like a bachatero bro like at a very young age like at that age like also like working like at the restaurant and whatever like I, I was out like playing parties like little gigs and stuff nice, like and, awesome. like all these little dominican clubs like I, you know i was a queens boy so we were all over the place you know how do you remember um sidetracks or forget about it, loco. it a, co- like, a couple of my boys back in the day they weren't uh my boy peter he used to play guida in a band my boy noel used to play uh, uh segunda I was like I never got into it like in terms of like playing an instrument yeah. but I would like go like to support them to like all their gigs and stuff like that yeah those were the best parties yeah. man you know cause that was like the era of like the I would do that yeah the blessed sacrament parties my aunt my that was that's by Etna and like Chestnut around there yeah yeah my aunt used to live like up the block from there so I was really into that I was really into that scene and um like I did that for a very long time then then then, like, because my parents were very religious, like, I, you know, I was always, I would go to church every Sunday. I um, I started playing in the Centro in the Bronx. I don't know if you ever heard of the mm-hmm. Centro Carismatico in the Bronx. They used to do the, the, the young people retreats and stuff. So I did mm-hmm. the music ministry there for, like, a year or two. So I was always, like, a, like into music and stuff. And um, was, that, was, was that tough, by the way, like, being into... Like, like you mentioning how your parents were like strict and stuff like that, being into music or being into cooking. Is that something that they were like, hey, no, no, not that's, cooking. that's not not cooking because they just saw that as like that's hard, hard work, you know? Okay. So, like, but the music thing, yeah, like growing up and the, the music thing was like always like, oh, okay, soñando, I, I know futuro, uh-huh, and it was yeah, just yeah. like so, like, you know, that that thinking, you know, that yeah, yeah. that is just like I'm totally against because that's bullshit, true. Because I know for a fact that if I just like only did music, I would. I would I would seriously be doing something real. True. Like even even if I'm like, let's say just doing sound for someone or or actually playing in in, in like Romeo's band or something, yeah. I would still be enjoying my life like the same way that I'm Absolutely. enjoying and, now. And you'd be like in that world. I would be doing what I love. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. That goes first. And and if that goes for everyone, and no matter what situation there are, there like that that goes first. Like whatever it is that they're if into. You can, if you're not happy, you can't make anyone else happy. That, that's it. That's the bottom line. True. I I don't care <laughs> who you are or what you th- like. That's if you if if you have nothing to give, you can't give anyone shit. True. You know? and, and and it's important to know too, like 
there's not only like the front man of the band or like even the rest of the band there's sound there's uh engineers a mixers it. a lot of people behind the scenes the, the boom it. holding you know people holding the mics and the marketing and you know there's a, a machine behind every single band every single anything that anybody's into music wise or you know in, in any industry movies are the same way there's like hundreds of people oh hundreds of God, different yeah. jobs that people could be into and you know it's are, just not are, what you and see those are the things that people don't don't they just don't really care for yeah like and sometimes they don't know. Tam like, tampoco, who you know? sits to watch all the, the, the credits after a movie is, is over? And there's a shitload. And <laughs> even, if you, even if you actually try to read it, most of them go so fast that you can't really, like, catch everyone. Yeah. Before your brain is able to process, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, You're not exactly. sitting there, like, jotting these names down and, like, looking these people up to see yeah. who they are. And, and, like, who's the, what does second grip mean? Like, what is that? Yeah, you know what and, I mean? But that's, I'm like, sure, a career. And I'm sure that, that without that person, that movie would not, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, so that's very interesting to me. Like I go, uh, I go deep with a lot of shit because. And you find stuff like that out by like we were saying before, like going through the process. Like you won't exactly. know what that job is unless you like try to be the front man of the band yeah. and find out that you know maybe yeah, that's maybe not your thing. But then you good. find out that yeah, maybe you're not that good. And that's the thing is either like, is either like I feel like our generation grew up with either two things. They either thought they were like, fucking Fini on some shit yeah. and 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 like, they just. No, you're not, and they and that hurt, hurt them, hurt their ego so bad that they that just they, stop they, right there. Yeah, that they just fucking no, no upward spiral. Just that's it. They just continue to live their life like a very mediocre life, and or is either that or the people who just like, like had those parents who were just like embrace, embrace your kids' creativeness or yeah. or or. Or their, or their craziness. Like, ¿cuánta gente no se han pegado loco en Instagram uh, haciendo video, like, yeah. you know, just being clowns, bro? Like, and it's changed their life. The fucking Absolutely. Dominican pizza changed my life. It literally changed my life. Like, I wasn't doing what I was doing a year ago, and and now it's all because of a fucking platano. But I've been peeling platanos for the past 15 years. It started when you, know you were, like, saying? in high school. Exactly. With the two Mexican dudes. This is what people Peeling think. Like, they yeah. just like, oh, like, this, you know, he's lucky. Like, bro, I only, I only have 32,000 followers on Instagram. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's a lot. No, but you know what I mean? It's nothing in the scale of, like, like who do I look up to? Who, who you know, like. Relatively speaking. Who's but, really doing this yeah. shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, like, I still got to pay my bills. And I still think about it every time I, I spend money and, you know, I do shit. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, yo, dude, I'm raising a family. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I have to make the right decisions, the correct investments. Absolutely. Like, with my it's time, not, you know like, just saying? about you. Like, yeah, the so people it's like, you're responsible for. Of course, it, you know. And so, on the big scale. You know of things. It's like, you know, I, I ain't shit, and and I have the, the 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 humility to understand that. But because I know what I important. want, and I know where I'm going, you know. Yeah. And I'm also very confident in that, and I I'm a person that believes that if you believe that you are meant to be, you know, in a certain place or or you know that you can or a certain type of person or that you can accomplish something that you can, you can actually do it absolutely if, if you go through the process and if you're know? willing to put in the work and of course but that's part of the process yeah because you're in the process and then like oh shit i gotta do this myself yeah you gotta do it yourself <laughs> so if you do it then you get to the other side and then you 
then you continue the process and you keep encountering these issues and these problems and which is all just part of the growth and understanding and it's like the people who are at the top they're at the top because they've been through the process no and, shortcuts man like, and if yeah. you're not willing to put in that work then it's not for you yes and a lot of people have, that weeds a lot of people out a lot of people have grown up rich and 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 had all these opportunities and, and have been given things and they have destroyed them because they haven't gone through the process it's not about what you have true it's about what you're willing to do and is the it? only thing that you that determines what you're actually gonna get out of bed for is like how you feel inside you know what i'm saying absolutely it's it's everything are you motivated or not absolutely there's a speaking to that there's a quote that i really like um about somebody in that situation that's like born rich or that has everything handed to them which is um uh people like that are born on third base and they think that they hit a triple you know what i mean so they have that mm-hmm. that like everything that comes with hitting a triple that's but powerful. they didn't earn it you know what i mean exactly so I definitely want to get to the Dominican pizza, but take me from. <laughs> <laughs> so from high school, um, I was that that was like I was really into music. I was I did that for a while, and um, my dad had that restaurant for I want to say maybe like eight years or so, and maybe I was like in my early twenties. He sold it, and and he did he he started he was he he started he bought this like little supermarket in Brooklyn, and. Um, I was helping him run the store for a little while and, um, eventually like, you know, he's like, you know, he wants to retire and stuff. My dad is like, my dad is not like a young dad. Like he had me, like my brother's eight years older than me. My sister's like 11 years older than me. Like I'm the youngest Are you the of youngest? three. Okay. So my dad, I think he's like probably like 70 already. So my it, my, know, my dad's 79 now. He had me like really late also. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we're retiring and stuff. And like, so I basically was like running that store for a while. And I got this idea of like, you know, really, really like I saw the need for people who like wanted food, you know. Like, um, we had schools in the area, and, like, lunchtime was, we had, like, a little steam table, like, a little, little steam table, like, six feet, and, uh-huh. like, you know, and we would sell out of, like, rice and beans, and, you know, we were busy with the sandwiches, and it was small, we only had, like, one machine, and blah, blah, and it was, like, I saw a lot of potential in the business to, like, really make this, like, like cater to that, food that spot, you know what I'm saying? So, I did, and, um, I, I just... I was really into this show called Bar Rescue. I don't know if you ever saw it with John Taffer. No, I haven't. It, it, it was Is that like the one that, like, the, like he goes into, like, a, a shitty bar and, like, fixes it up? Yeah, or, like, they like, were renovated in a couple of days and trained the staff okay, okay. and blah, blah. And they would really go to the root of the problems of, like, the families that were running it or whatever mm. and, like, why they were failing and all this stuff. And it was, like, mostly staged, but... Have you ever seen uh, The Prophet? No, but like I, I, but I, it's like that's actually, yeah, guess, it's the same thing basically. Okay. But this, and this guy was like very straightforward, like, this is what it is. You know, saying so you're walking by this problem every day and you're ignoring it. This is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to hear it. He hit the problem, like, yeah. So, you know, I was like, I was seeing all these like loopholes in management and then like just the way that our parents, you know, spoke to people or how they felt. It was like, okay to address people and like just like i just saw a lot of things that were just like this this is wrong this shouldn't be like this like so you know i got a little leeway a little like 
freedom to like run the business and um we made i made all the investments to like make this happen so like we expanded the good the, the 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 deli and and with the, the steam table were like maybe like three times the size and so we started doing i started tapping into catering like i built an app i built a website like all of this costs a lot of money wow. obviously That's but awesome. but um i like i built an app i built a website like uh i started i like i got on uber eats i got on grubhub um and like I and I was just catering to the to the people that I saw that I were I were actually started coming in the store and, and like, you saw you a know, need and you wanted to yeah, get the so solution. Yeah, people to would that. ask like if we had like a, you know a juice like fresh nut juices and like salads and stuff and I'm like no but we will like I nice. listened to yeah. the customer and I made it happen and you know we started selling a bunch of you know salads and juice bars and like I literally tripled the sales of of the business. Wow, and um, like. I figured like uh, like uh, oh wow this this is like this is cool. It worked. Like, I, like, yeah, <laughs> I had I an idea. I, you know I, I put it in you play know? and yeah, I tried a lot of things before it actually got to that point. But I went through a whole process of like trying things that weren't working out, and I was like, oh maybe this, maybe that, and then eventually I figured it out. But do you remember any? There. Do you remember any of those? Like something like which one? One of those things that that you tried, yeah, that like failed. like like for example, I I got these huge chalkboards. I got I like I got I did I personalized this menu with really cool names, like for sandwiches and so stuff. People were like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, and yeah. it was like, "Wow, like I I must try this," you know. And and I put those chalkboards on the board on the wall, and I just figured that just because those chalkboards were there, people were just gonna come in and just order these things. And, yeah, and they they weren't true. <laughs> so <laughs> that was one of the things where I was just like. Why isn't this working? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you but know. you learn from it, and then you know, yeah. you know. All right, that didn't work. Let me try this. Yeah, so it was yeah. like one of those simple things that you know, a lot of people just like you know, they would try something and they would just and it wouldn't work, and they'll just call it a day. Yeah. And like I was just never having that shit. Like, okay, this didn't work. Something has to work. True. Because you know, if people go to Dunkin' Donuts every day and and grab and grab coffee, and no offense to anyone or Dunkin' Donuts, I just don't like their coffee. Like, I think it's trash. Yeah. So it's like, why would I like? Why would I spend fucking three dollars on something that I just don't like? True. I would rather spend three fifty and go somewhere else, or spend seventy five cents. I the, cause get the cart coffee and get that. <laughs> nah, bro. But some those 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 ox stores be having the coffee sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or even those little Dominican stores in the Bronx for seventy five cents or a dollar, you get the best coffee you've ever had. You know, it's just like, you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> Without the gimmick, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and, um, um, the app and like that thing. Do you still have that going on? I don't. That, I okay. don't. Uh, um, I was basically so I was the way that it it was all organic. Like I just saw the need for what people wanted, and and I delivered it to them, and I proved to myself that I was capable of more, and um, I I I was really into branding. And I was like, you know what, like, I have to brand this because it's people, they, they, you know, they're, they're drawn to like brands. They're drawn to things that look, you know, like they're put together nicely. So, um, I, I was stuck like, well, when am I going to name this business? And, and my wife at the time was like, well, my wife now, but <laughs> at the time my wife was like, uh, well, what do they call you at work? Like, like she was trying to help me figure out like, what are we going to brand this thing? And, and I was like they call me poppy like and and the reason why it was because we're like in east new york it was like 
like um, like most of the, our our customers were were, were black and yeah. Dominican. Well, the black dudes like, hey, papi, papi, papi. So you know. <laughs> That's what they called us. All nice. black people call us the mommy and poppy. Yeah. Good morning, mommy. Like, you know, yeah. what's up, poppy? Yo, don't put too much mayo on my sandwich, that, Is poppy. that the origins of Chef Poppy? Can yes, we well, exactly. So, nice. it, so I was like, oh, that's the name. So she's like, that's it right there. So I called it Poppy's Grill. So that's nice. what it was. And it was like a buzz. It really, like, it was doing really well. And then, um, and then, and then I, from there, I went to Caoba. And I was, I never changed my Instagram name. It was like NYC Poppies because that was the name Poppies Girl. Oh, okay. And I left it like that for a little while. And like the like when I was doing the tasting for, for Kaoba, um, I I had this dish that I had been working on for a while, which is a Dominican pizza. And actually nice. the first dish, the first like run was actually like a huge pie like it was okay. like a real like a large like pie. a large pie yeah yeah like you could grab a huge ass slices out of it <laughs> and i just thought it was very like unattractive and like it wasn't like it wasn't practical it wasn't crunchy yeah it was gotcha. like it was more like a mango flavor and mm. i didn't like it and i just kept modifying it modifying it modifying it and when i did their tasting i little i was literally up the night before the entire night just like perfecting everything that they were gonna have because it was pretty much like the way I wound up there was I heard that they were selling the place and it, was, it turned out to be a complete rumor. But I met Steven, the owner, and we hit it off. And I told him about all my plans for the business, like what I would do if it were mine. And, and he was like, yo, let's, 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 why don't you just take over the kitchen and, and we'll see where it takes us. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's build nice. this relationship. And, you know, at the time I was like, okay, you're like, I didn't. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I was like, okay, let me take the summer off. We'll start, like, in the fall, September, whatever, you know. And I did this tasting for them. I was up the whole night before just, you know, perfecting everything. And I came up with this this dish that I had been modifying, it like, the whole summer. And and it was, like, an instant hit. Like, everyone that tried it was like, yo, this is... I think, off the hook. I think you got something. I here. can absolutely vouch for it. And actually, funny story, before... I actually opened the menu at Kaoba. Um, I had one of like my mentors like come in, Chef Kelvin. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, I have, I have. I actually saw him on. Um, he was on a podcast recently, Earn Your Leisure uh, yes, podcast with those guys. Was, yes. I saw the episode; it was dope. He's a very modest guy, but yeah. he, he's he's a Rod and J Lo's personal chef. Yeah. He has a very long trajectory and a great reputation. Um, um, and this guy, he came, he was a mutual friend of, of, of someone, of one of my wife's family members. And she, I was like telling her like, yo, this guy, he, he's like, I, I love this guy. She's like, yeah, I went to high school with that dude. Yeah. Like, I'm going to I'm going to go take him over. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And yo, they showed up there one day Wow. and he tried and I made the pizza for him and he was like, yo, you really have something here. That's awesome. And that meant, like, so much to me. Like, I can imagine, bro. That's, like, so validating. You know, right before, like, I, like probably like, um, probably, like, two weeks before I actually started, like, Akaoba, you know, he gave me that that little reassurance that I needed, and that, that meant a lot to me. Because that's a big step, too, in and of itself, right? Like, you going from what you're doing before to, like, taking yeah, over a kitchen. Yeah, it was two different worlds. Yeah. I was, it was more, like, my thing was, like, catering, and I would cook in like large quantities, and it was like a lot of like, like lunch the food, and yeah, exactly. It was like a quick lunch spot, 
like yeah we had really cool signature dishes and the cheesiest amazing things and shit but like um you know it was different because this was everything was just like an a la carte menu so i really had to like just like compress all my ideas yeah and uh, and the flavors that i knew and the and the things that i was like used to working with and just bringing them to like to like a more presentable life and you know uh, we had a great year we had a great year um, absolutely it, it was um we had a lot of success there with absolutely the, with the menu and stuff tell me before you before you actually when did you get the idea for the Dominican pizza? Because like, like you said, you started first like with the with the large pie, but before you even tried that large pie, like where you just like chilling one day, like platanos pizza, platanos pizza. Let me mash them together. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I just I got like I was just bored of the fact that like we were only making mofongos, gotcha, with platanos, and I felt like. That we could make more cooler shapes out of this thing and make it. It's food. like a versatile because food, I right? saw the, the I saw the uh, how attracted people were to the food porn on Instagram. Like people would go nuts over cheese and 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 shit that was like you know put together in a funny looking way. You know, yeah, so yeah. so so I was like, no, we we gotta we gotta do more with this. And I started doing those little mofongito cups, which. Obviously, it wasn't something that new, but, but you know, the names that we gave our dishes were very uh, hilarious. Like, one day, I was um, basically test, testing recipes, and one of the employees comes into the kitchen. He's like, yes, vaina que? <laughs> and, and I was like, that's it. That's the name, La Vainita. Nice. And I was like, that became one of the dishes that, like, really pulled me on board. Like, and, in, and what in was the that, La Vainita? Like, huh? What was it? It was like these little mofonguito cups, like um, uh, and we 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 made a mistake or shrimp or chicken, but they were oh, like okay, really okay, cheesy okay. and they yeah. had like this like really good like with the sauces that we put on them like were made from scratch and they were just delicious and you know people were just like wow this is amazing and it was like that 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 thing you know nice um and then from there just like you know the the pizza it just it came out of like all this all these trials and errors of like. We have to, like, we got to put platanos on the map. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are, when I go on Instagram, how come I don't really see, like, like, why Dominicans aren't really, like, on the map like that? You know, like, with, like, you know, why not? Like, why isn't there a Latin Food Network yet? You know, like, there's so much. And I know someone who's, like, working on that. And and I don't want to say much, but, you know, like, you have all my support. Like, but why isn't that, you know, why, like, come on, bro. Like, why are we not there yet? You know, we yeah. should be there yet. You know what I mean? We should be there already. And, and, and because Latin food is amazing, bro. Absolutely. Like, yeah, dude, Cuban food and then Peruvian food and Colombian food and Mexican food and so, so many Dominican food. Yeah. Yo, like, bro, we have good food. So many bro. different flavors that are all like, yes, amazing. yes, you know, like, we know we should be more, you know, we should really, we gotta eat. Like, it should be like re- more more of a staple. So, yeah, let's right? represent ourselves, you know, more, you know. So hold that thought one cool. second. All right, so we're back with a nice little refill. Cheers. Cheers to you, thank you, sir. Um. So the vainitas. So from that, and the dude in in Kawa saying, "Qué es la vaina." 
No, that was actually at at, at, uh, at Poppy's Grill. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Where they were born and, the, you know, how we gave it that name. And they would, like, put us on the map. And, you know, I just started exploring more. It gave me the thing. It gave me, like, the, and the sandwiches we made were just amazing. Like, I made these amazing Philly cheese steak sandwiches, like this freaking amazing cheese sauce that Damn. got me to the Food Network. So Really? Yeah, oh, it did. Um, it, so, Tell me what that was like. That's well, I was like really paying attention to what was going on with food on Instagram. And, and um, I started working with this, one of my favorite foodie pages, Devour Power. They, they were coming to my spot and they were trying my food and they were like, this is amazing. It's very Instagram worthy. It's very attractive. And, you know, um, they they really gave me like that social presence because they shouted me out a few times and and um, people started just coming to the and, and, you know, that's when I discovered like, wow, like, you know, uh, Instagram, like influencer marketing really works. And. I was really like blown away by that, and I just I was just really like being really co- becoming more comfortable with being myself. True, and and which is and key. I went from like six hundred followers to like like maybe like fourteen, fifteen thousand followers like in a year. Wow! And then like like in and that was just like months. on the back of that. Yeah, that was just me doing like these crazy looking sandwiches and. And stuff like that. And then when once I started at Caoba, when I was at Caoba, I was probably like at around thirteen thousand. And wow, uh, like I'm, I'm at thirty two now. Like that all happened like in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. That growth, um, the Dominican pizza was like a sensation. Like people were just like, "Holy shit, that's so cool!" And it took me to do shows in DR. Um, it took me to do shows like, you know, like different parts of the country. I just came from a trip from Paris and I, I, someone DM me like, oh my God, I love your food. I live in Paris. Like I'm a chef at a restaurant. You should come here and have my food. And I was like, yo, it was just amazing how Instagram has literally changed my life. And the Dominican pizza has literally changed my life. Uh, it's just giving me opportunities to meet a bunch of people like from like all over people. the world. Yeah, and it's, it's like the like reaches and allowing me to travel more and and just do more and and yeah, these so these influencers they they did an event with the New York City Wine and Food Festival in New York, and I was invited to come and do my like famous Philly cheesesteak sandwiches with the cheese sauce. And so that night I was shouted out on the Food Network, and you know, I did the New York City Wine and Food Festival and which is I have a very interesting story about. Tell me, tell I'm going to say it at the end to, right, cool. to like close it out. <laughs> just as an example, just so people could take it, you know, with them, you know. So whatever. Um, so I went and, and so the, the, uh, that cheese sauce really like put me on the map as well. So, so it's been the, it's been like the vainitas and the cheese sauce and the Dominican pizza and, and just, and the mac and cheese. And it's just always doing things that just like, like appeal to the eye, but it's also very delicious. You know? And infused also with that Dominican like culture. Yes, exactly. And just always, you know, trying to just stay true to my roots and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, these dishes have really like changed my life because, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to do to host private dinners in people's homes like I do now, like almost regularly. 
um before then you know like True. i was always like uh, the type of person like oh have my in-laws in and make them a nice paella or something and now i'm doing this shit like all the time like people call me i do private dinners for them i go to their house and they celebrate party you know whatever to all types of parties and you know we do groups of 10 15 20 people and we just like do like a nice 10 course dinner and just like that's awesome and we get to know each other and we drink and we have fun and it's like i love my life i love what i do and if folks if folks actually wants to reach out to you like for that how do they do that um i'm in the process of building uh, a website now just personalized for like chef poppy and all the things that i all the services that i i do um but not right now i'm just everything is really just like instagram and dms chef poppy nyc it's uh, at chef poppy nyc yeah at chef poppy underscore nyc uh, on instagram and it's just like really like right now i ha- i i do apologize beforehand i have over a hundred dms that in my request folder i have i can imagine uh, just can't keep up with like all i the have requests, hundreds right? of dms i have hundreds of dms and every day i i I tackle 20, 30, 40, 50 DMs, and then the next day I have another 100 on top of that. Damn. So it's like, it's hard, it's, to, keep it's up. hard to manage, but, but, um, but yeah, right now, I, well, they, I do have my email on my bio, so I, okay. and I also work with uh, an agency called uh, Ur- Ur- Urban Latin uh, Media. Uh, they have, I have their contact information on my bio as well. And you can book me through them. They help me book events because it's too much to handle for me. Gotcha. Um, so they handle like all the logistics. Yeah. So they keep a calendar for me, and then we do really cool events with them as well. They represent a lot of really cool people. I love them. Check them out. They have nice. a lot of cool services. Everything from like you know design to logos to merch to everything. They oh, do it sweet. all. They're like all uh, one, stop one stop shop. shop. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah. So. So yeah, the it was just it's just like going through the process has put me in situations where I've met people who have just given me a little push or given me a little reassurance as to that like you know what I'm actually doing is is the right thing you know yeah and, you know so so it's yeah encouraging so, validating yeah hundred percent and, and I'm sure you like you network it opens doors you meet 100%, other people 100%. and. It provides opportunities. That, that's amazing. So I'll tell you my story about my first, like, I want to say, like, real event. Like, I've had tons of events and tons of catering and weddings and you name it before this day. But, you know, I'm like, holy shit, this is the Food Network. This yeah. is New York City Wine and Food Festival. Like, this is Fifth Avenue next Damn. to the Louis Vuitton store. Like, you know, like... <laughs> This is big. Like, I'm a city boy. I love New York City. Like, New- there's something about the skyline that just, like, it just turns me on. I love Absolutely. I love New York, bro. Like, New York just uh, drives there's me. There's no, no place like it. No. So, so I had a, 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 had a three-man team that day. And but how'd, how'd you get there? Real quick, like so, I, I like that again. The devour, the devour. What was it? Devour power. There they were these influencers on a uh, foodie in, influencers on Instagram. So they were going to the they, to the they store. They had an event. They had a New York City wine and food festival of, uh, event, and with uh, the guy with that show, Man versus Food, and they, and they were like they invited me to to be one of the featured chefs there. And gotcha. I was okay. Blown away okay. by that. And, and that so just came grateful. from you doing the Philly yeah, Cheesesteaks at the store? Me, yeah, just nice. like they, they just enjoyed my food. They're like, yo, you need to be there. And I'm so grateful for them and for that. 
for that opportunity. And um, so, so this show, the, that day, the show started like at probably like 8 p.m. I had to be there by like 6.37 to set up. And, and um, I worked that day at Caoba. I opened lunch. Damn. I left early, but I opened lunch and, and like I was cutting it really close. I was playing with fire and I was trying to like do all my orders and also like prep a few things that I needed for the show for that day. Um, I should have taken the day off, but yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. Failed at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm running super late and my team is running later than I am. So we were a three man team and I was the one that was going to get there first. And I was in my van with all the equipment and all the food that, and all the prepped food. And this was the second time that I met Chef Kelvin. The second time. This is the second time. Mind you, this guy, I've, I've like looked up to him and worshipped him for the shit he does and his charisma and everything yeah, for yeah. like a long time before I even thought about being on Instagram. And, and, and this is the second time I met him. He calls me. And he's like, yo, chef, what's up, man? I'm, I'm here. I, I, you know, because I had invited he was, him to he the was show. A- I was like, yeah, hey, oh, I'm going to okay, do the okay. New York City Wedding Foods. So you should drop by. And he was like, oh, um, he calls me. He's like, dude, I'm here. And I'm like stuck on the, on the Midtown Tunnel or something. Like stupid traffic. Damn. And I'm like Bike running like an hour late. <laughs> yeah, I'm the real Dominican. <laughs> um, and I'm running super late. And I'm just like, dude, um. I'm really nervous. I'm really, I'm running really late. My team is running even more behind than I am. I don't know how, like, I don't know how I'm just going to even bring this shit in. Like, I'm, this is Fifth Avenue. Like, this is like, it was at the Tommy Hilfiger store on Fifth Avenue. So, like, there's no standing zone. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like completely like, at this point, like, I'm just shitting my pants. Like, I don't know what's what's going on. I changed in the car that day. Like, I I was literally like in traffic changing my pants. Yeah. While I was in traffic. And and he's like, Chef, don't worry about it. Look, I'm having a drink across the street. Call me when you're five minutes away. I called him when I was five minutes away. He's like, don't worry, Chef. We're here. We're out in front waiting for you. I said, who? I said, well, I'm confused. I pull up in front of the store. This guy's outside with like 30 people, like 30 volunteers that, like people who are like running the show, like running the actual show people uh-huh. who are actually that part of the event doing shit and he like pulled them from their their tasks and they're like yo one of our chefs is here and he's like yeah your help dude he had literally i pulled up in front of the store and he had enough people outside to take everything i had in my van my van was completely loaded inside to my spot and he's like chef relax breathe take it easy his, this is your apron. This is your package. This is where you're going to be. Like, he had, like, checked in for me. Wow. He's like, give me your keys. I'm going to go park your car. That That so is This so is the like second it. time I met him. The first time I met him, he came to Caoba to try the pizza. The second time I met him, he's at one of my most important shows ever. Like, at the very, very beginning of my career. That's insane, man. Saying, That's dude, so dope. dude uh, just go relax. I'm going to park your car. He goes. He parks my car. He... he he comes back and and we had a power issue. We couldn't get started. And he was like fucking busting people around. Like, yo, we have a power issue. Like, what's going on? Like, this is like this show's about to start. Like, we're not ready to like. I mean, he moved us around. Like, he he held us down. 
he like made it happen. My my like team finally showed up, and and we had like a, a line over a hundred people the entire night, and we were on the we got shouted out on the Food Network that they they posted us saying like we were the main attraction at the New York City Food. Wow! And it was all thanks to him because he was literally like at the foot of our table. I was so busy just making sandwiches, bro. And making the cheese sauce, and people were just surrounding us, taking pictures of the cheese pull, and I, I couldn't like even talk to people like. And he was just the whole time like, "Yeah, this is my man Steven, whatever, boo boo, chef papi, what, caoba, blah blah." Like he was just like really like he 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 he, he was like, like championed our your, your course. That's insane, yo! Shout he out had to no Chef Calvin. No fucking yo. reason to do that. No fucking reason to do that. And excuse me, I curse a lot. No, no, I'm, <laughs> but I'm the same that, way. <laughs> that you know that that said, like, dude, that that was another event in my life that I will never forget because I'm just like, this dude had no 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 reason to do that. Like, like no rhyme has, or reason. He has a, a, such a busy schedule. He had no reason to be there, to 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 help me out. This it was my fault. I was late. You know what I'm saying? It was my fault. Like my team was late. Yeah. It was my. Uh, I I see it that way. Anything that has my name on it, it goes wrong. Even if it was like it wasn't me that you know what I'm saying. You're gonna hold yourself fault. responsible. Yeah. I hold myself accountable for anything that has my name tied to it. So, so you know, to me, I'm like, you know, this is the second time I met the dude, and it just said and he's going so above and beyond. Says so much about like just like, you know. <clears throat> What 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 are we really doing? You know what I'm saying? What are, yeah. what are what are our goals? And and what are we doing to like help other people? Like you know, there's a lot of people that believe in that. Like you know, if you just always do wealth, but to uh, you know to other people, someone will always have your comes back. back to you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Someone will always have your back because you know essentially that's what life is for. Like and right now is like I live my life for my family. Like yes, I enjoy what I do, but like everything that I do, I think about like how is this gonna benefit my my kid? You know, yeah. how, how is my kid gonna learn from this? How is he gonna, you know, grow up with? And 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 uh, I guess like I'm being a little selfish. Like I'm trying to sh- set up a little shortcut for them. Like I said, like no, this is you don't have to find out the absolute the hardest way ever. But <laughs> this is what I went through, you know, and just like like learn from my mistakes. Exactly. I just feel like just sharing stories and experiences like this. You know, this I like I love that you do this podcast because you're sharing other people's stories with everyone that listens to the podcast Absolutely. and 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 that's an amazing thing because uh, stories are reassuring and, and 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 processes are reassuring and experiences are reassuring and and that's all we really need. We just need a little reassurance, you know. We yeah. just need to build a little confidence to get over whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever shit we grew up with, whatever, whatever fulanito did to us or said to us, like, dude, that it's like we can't keep using this as an excuse to not, you know, get into action. To not move know? forward, not yeah, follow our dreams. Let's, just, let's move, yo. You Absolutely. Know? Let's just move, you know. Damn, that, that's such a dope story, man. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you, man. Shout out to Chef Calvin. Absolutely, man. I'm not writing your dick at all. <laughs> 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 Folks, check out check out that episode. Um, I'll actually link to it in the episode notes that Chef Calvin was on. I think I spoke about it in a previous podcast, if I'm not mistaken. But just in case I didn't, um, it was on the Earn Your Leisure podcast. And it was a dope episode. 
and you guys should definitely check it out and chef poppy i appreciate you man thank you very much for yeah, for doing you, this man. this is a lot of fun if you want to one last thing that that which i think you touched on already but that i want to ask you is if you have like any advice or or words of encouragement i guess for like an upcoming uh chef or cook or anything like that if you want to share it which i think which honestly i feel like this entire podcast has been <laughs> you know what i mean like people just knowing your story is that but any last words no that? i mean it doesn't necessarily just have to be a chef you know i just want just everyone in general like just let go <laughs> that's it it's like the only way you can truly be happy discover you know that gut feeling that you're feeling whether it's like the right thing for you or not is to exercise it you know it's Do just it. like let Find go out. there's something there's something that you're tied to that's not allowing you to let go uh, I mean to move forward let go of that shit like and you only you know what it is no one can help you no one can do the work for you you can have like how many books don't exist how many podcasts don't exist like there's just all the information is there is right in front of you the formula is given to you literally but but you gotta do the work true and 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 it's like whatever it is that's holding you back from doing the work figure out what that is and let go of that and and, and 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 be prepared like the world is not perfect be prepared to be completely fucking ruined take your or, losses or, take your or, loss. or or at least be prepared to to know that people just want to shit on you just because they have their own insecurities that they haven't like uh, like let go of and they're projecting it onto you, know, you yes yes yeah dude like like you the the best things that I do are because I was come I was yelled at, I was scared into fucking making it right. You know, I was I was embarrassed into making it right. I was hurt into making it right. You True. know, and that's all part of the process. And you don't get that. You don't get that in a book. You know, you could get that in a story. You could hear my story all all you want. It's never gonna do anything for you until you start making your own story. You know. Absolutely. So, well said. Chef, I said, thank you, brother. Thanks. A, a pleasure. Appreciate a pleasure. Pleasure. And that's the interview, folks. What you guys think? I hope you guys had as good a time listening to it as we did recording it. And tell me, how dope was that Chef Kelvin story? My first impression when hearing it was that it was an example of a good dude paying it forward, like someone in his life or career probably lended a helping hand to him in a time of need and this was his way of paying that back i don't know if that's true obviously that was just like the impression that i got initially when when hearing the story and it's just so dope that somebody would do go out of the way to do something like that to for someone that is relatively unknown to them at that point so shout, shout out to chef kelvin for real and i'll link to the episode of the Earn Your Leisure podcast that I mentioned during the episode that I saw uh, Chef Kelvin on. It's a really good episode. And shout out to Rashad and Troy, which are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, which is a, a dope show that you guys should check out. It's a business podcast, and they usually interview 
entrepreneurs like Chef Kelvin or real estate investors and folks from uh, different businesses as well. So definitely check them out. And I'll leave you guys with this. Something else that the that, that story reminded me of is a concept that I first learned of through Elliot Hulse. And it's a concept of there being three different types of people in the world. It's something that resonated with me to the point that I have it in the acknowledgement section broken down uh, in both of my, my books. And the gist of it is that every person that you encounter in life will fall into one of these three categories. There are people that are mirrors, and those are folks that will show you a reflection of yourself, whether it be positive or negative. So they'll re- reflect things back to you, which are traits that if you look inward, you realize are within you. And then you do what you will with that information, whether you decide to work on those negatives to get rid of them or work on those positives to increase those positive attributes. So that type of person in your life is a mirror. Then you have the second type of person, which is a crystal ball. And these are people that are in your life. And through them, you can see what you could become. And again, it could be positive or negative. For example, there's a, a saying in DR that says, el que anda con cojo al año cojea. And if you apply that to the people around you, this uh, crystal ball concept, you can hone in on the folks in your life that are negative and bring you down and that you'll ultimately become by continuing to surround yourself with them. And conversely, hone in on the folks that are positive influences in your life and bring out the best in you and are motivating and keep it pushing and you will do the same. Now, nobody's perfect, obviously, and most of us probably have a combination of both of these different types of folks, positive and negative, in our lives. But hopefully you can use that crystal ball concept to help navigate those relationships wisely. And lastly, the last type of person in this concept of three different types of people in the world that the story that Chef Bobby shared about Chef Kelvin reminded me of are angels. And these are folks that come into your life for an undetermined amount of time, whether it's like a long-term relationship or just a fleeting conversation that you have in passing with someone that happens to give you some like dope direction or advice. But in the time that these angels are in your life, they do something incredible for you. And that could be anything from being your doctor and putting you on a medication that saves your life or someone that gives you the green light at a job interview that changes the trajectory of your life, or it could be a spouse, a sibling, or as I think was the case here, an angel can be someone that literally shows up to a pivotal event in your life, hands you your apron, parks your van, and champions your cause for the evening. And that's why I thought that was an amazing story and one of my favorite takeaways from this episode. Chef Papi, I want to say thank you once again for doing this. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and you have an open invitation to the podcast. We definitely have to run it back again sometime in the future. And thanks again to Stephen and Elaine for hosting us at Aura. And thank you folks for listening to episode 146 of the podcast. Stick around, listen to some tunes, and then to a bunch of different ways you can help support the show if you so choose. 
Peace. Look, I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. I don't know nobody else that's doing this. Body start to drop, ayy. Hit the floor. Now they wanna know me since I hit the top, ayy. This a rolling, not a stop. Watch shit don't never stop. This the flow that got the block hot. Shit got super hot, ayy. Give me my respect. curtain by myself take a look hey i'm a bar spitter i'm a hard hitter yeah i'm light-skinned but i'm still a dark nigga i'm a wig splitter i'm a tall figure i'm a hey folks tony here and i hope you're enjoying the show as much as i enjoy putting it together for you if you'd like to support i'd really appreciate it and we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so if you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. There you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Ko-fi pages. Patreon and Ko-fi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like. You can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner, you can click on it, it'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today viral style store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related sayings on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words you'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel fractal it's completely black and when 
it gets hot when you put in a coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out which again you can find by going to sponsor.com forward slash support and of course do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsor on twitter at sponsor on instagram subscribe to the sponsor youtube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content like the facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today also don't forget to check out all the free shit that i have on my website as well go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought you can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish i set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos and my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories and last but certainly not least my pride and joy corner spuntoday.com forward slash books here you will find my published books which you find folks can find links to purchase them on amazon whether you want hard copies or digital uh, kindle copies that's the spot for you thank you very much for being a spun today listener and as always substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams thanks for listening